Oh, now, let me begin by saying I don't believe we should dwell in the past too much. But it is a good exercise from time to time to have a look at what we did right and how to better that process and also where we went wrong in order to avoid those mistakes. As I mentioned a bit earlier, we're midway into July and it's approximately, what, two and a half weeks before Jamaica celebrates independence where the Jamaican state will turn 58 years old. And I say that as a pretext to introducing this part of the discussion where it's interesting that the country's first post-independence-born prime minister has triggered raging debate on social media after he made some comments about why Jamaica is currently lagging behind some countries, younger, less resourceful countries, and how that issue may be fixed going forward. Prime Minister Andrew Holness, in addressing a Jamaica Labour Party Founders Day event, noted that the first and second industrial revolution to some extent predated the existence of the Jamaican state, and hence that he submitted is part of the reason why the country did not benefit from accompanying advancements which were facilitating that era. But he cautioned that there's an upcoming fourth industrial revolution that Jamaica cannot afford to miss out on if it is to secure its much-needed economic independence. So now there's a fourth industrial revolution taking place in the world. New products and new technology defined as artificial intelligence and cyber-physical products. There are also new global trade dynamics that could see massive shifts in supply chains and production hubs. Jamaica must not stand by the wayside of history, once again watching the vehicles of opportunity and prosperity pass us by. Now, the Prime Minister said it's important that Jamaica not repeat the mistake of missing out on opportunities presented by the digital age, similar to how the country missed out on opportunities to build a strong economy in the 1970s. Again, Jamaica missed out on this era of global development. Though it could be argued that during this period, Jamaica saw significant investments in bauxite, tourism, agriculture, and infrastructure that would see us having great prospects similar to that of Singapore had we stayed the course coming out of the creditable economic base of the 60s and 50s and had we kept our focus on our economic independence. The departure from course during this period of industrialization and industrial development was not due to external forces. It was due to the misadventure of the PNP, which diverted us from the path of economic growth, selling the people of Jamaica false hope and unrealistic dreams for which the country is still paying today. Those countries that were not distracted from the path of economic development and maintained a steady and balanced course managed to align their education systems and their economies to take advantage of the opportunities of industrialization, even if they were lagging behind at the time of the third industrial revolution. So countries like Singapore and South Korea, who were both very poor, indeed South Korea was much poorer than Jamaica. At the time of the third industrial revolution, they were just industrializing on the second wave of industrialization, but they stayed the course. Instead, we had a flirtation with ideologies that were foreign to us and did not serve us well. There's a very important point is that had we stayed the course with all the social problems that needed to be addressed, had we stayed the economic course, 
and ensure that our economy was aligned to the opportunities that were created by the industrial transformations that were taking place, Jamaica would be a better place today. And finally, the Prime Minister chided members of the PNP who he says appear to be drawing for past ideals which have damaged Jamaica's socio-economic development. He's urging the electorate not to be fooled again. I'm very worried when I see some of our young politicians who are seeking power go and speak in such a way as to suggest that Jamaica, our social and economic circumstances are still in the past and not understanding what is coming in the future. So they play upon things such as social inequity and social injustice. They promise land and goat and all kinds of things without having a deep understanding that the very social injustice issues which we as a Jamaica Labour Party want to correct can only be corrected if we have economic development and progress. You cannot correct these problems with a small pie. Prime Minister Andrew Holness. So, Kalila, because of those comments by Prime Minister Holness, Michael Manley has been trending all weekend on Twitter. And there are many people from the opposition PNP who are furious at those comments. Indeed, the PNP issued a statement where it said the PNP repudiates the blatant attempt by Prime Minister Honus to revise Jamaica's history and in the process sully the name of one of his predecessors, the right excellent Michael Joshua Manley. The PNP outlined the National Housing Trust and other initiatives as among Mr. Manley's signal achievements. Peter Bunting, for example, took to Twitter and said, Holness is busy handing out houses while disparaging Manley who conceptualized the NHT. Other comments on Twitter, Unofi put regard upon Michael Manley's name. Love him, don't criticize him. The man built this country, in particular the middle and lower class. Another comment, young PNP politicians, including my good friend Wavell Hines, took umbrage at the criticism of Manley, or of the 70s, or the policies of the 70s, and he said, because Michael Manley was, I am. Another person said, by virtue of speaking about the misadventure or misstep, and saying we cannot afford to cause ideology to have us miss out on capitalizing on looming opportunities for development, Andrew has dissed Michael Manley. Now, my view on the matter is that, you know, Michael Manley may be commended for assisting in building a particular level of social consciousness, which was important for the times, having assumed power approximately a decade after Jamaica gained independence in 1962. And I think it is true that by promoting the principle of self-reliance, Michael Manley achieved a level of posterity because that's a good principle once it is executed in a wise manner. But even Manley himself admitted that he erred in his approach to promoting a sense of socio-economic independence of the Jamaican state. But, I mean, I looked at the comments by many people on Twitter and I couldn't understand the furrow because I thought that the Prime Minister was quite right when he said the ideological manoeuvre of the 70s was a misstep 
or a misadventure which cost Jamaica a lot in terms of its economic development and I think that is impatient of debate and the statistics support that notion because under Manley's leadership in the 1970s the Jamaican economy declined by 17.5% of its GDP. The national debt spiked from Jamaican 290 odd million and increased many thousands of percentage points. Inflation increased by 250%. Many fled the country and the foreign exchange reserves capitulated from US 239 million to negative US 549 million and unemployment increased by 40%. So it's on that basis that I say I don't understand the furrow of the comments from the Prime Minister among some and his submission that the phase in the 70s where there was this devout pursuit of socialist ideals cost this country dearly and it's a mistake we should not repeat. The Prime Minister described it as a misadventure. The fact of the matter is that Manley himself described some of the policies pursued then as a mistake and he said it betrayed his misunderstanding of how business operates. Let's hear a bit of what Michael Manley said in his assessment of his tenure in the 70s and when asked whether he accepts that he erred. Oh, no question. And, that, you know, of course one takes one's own share of blame for that. I think that there was a tendency to assume a greater level one of political comprehension that can distinguish between a democratic socialist and social democracy and a communist sense that they're totally different things. I think that I overestimated the level of political awareness and consciousness and therefore often if one in hindsight had maybe phrased things differently it would not have fed into the whole reverberating confusion of the time. You know I wish I had it to do all over because I think I'd do some things better. How would you have done it better? Um, well I tell you if I knew what I now know about the limits to the capacity of the state to just take on things you know you see I think that if I had maybe come out of a different background not a trade unionist background but a long background in politics or business or something, I'd have understood better how business people think and how the middle class think. Would have had a more realistic sense of the limits to the social goodwill <laughs> of certain groups, you know, that have never faced those issues. That one might have approached in a quieter, more patient kind of way. Michael Manley, in a reflective mood, speaking about his tenure and the feelings of the 1970s. But I think the challenge is that there are quite a few of us in this country, some politically connected, some not, some do not have the information, and they propose to tell one side of the story and not the next. And that's not a good way to move forward as we seek to discuss the challenges which are upcoming and how to navigate them in terms of Project Jamaica. And some of those people, for example, will tell you that Edward Siaga has a lot to answer for in terms of the gun culture in Jamaica. But they will fail to cite the Caribbean Review which says, despite espousing a brand of democratic socialism, Michael Manley did not break the relationship between political enforcers and political parties. In fact, according to the Caribbean Review, Manley surrounded himself with notorious gunmen such as Borough Boy and the militarization of politics in Jamaica intensified 
in that period. Reports of Manley carrying unsavory characters Winston Boy Boy Blake and George Feathermop Spencer on an official visit to Cuba. Feathermop behaved so badly he was executed on his return to Jamaica. And Manley himself has spoken about this period and said in entertaining these unsavory characters he blundered. So I don't know why there are many of us who appear to find it challenging to admit that the gentleman made errors which were costly as well and he was among the political figures of the time who blundered badly in certain areas i think we must develop a mindset as we seek to think about moving jamaica forward where we can look at the past accept what was done in a proper manner in a well-intentioned manner but also accept where errors were made in order to not repeat them. That's my challenge this morning as well to the various generations, including the younger cohort, who are indeed the future. Elevate your level of historical analysis and critical thinking. That's what's on my mind this morning.